three. Posing as one of us, Reynard mused after she'd finished her tale. The sheer fucking cheek. But are you sure it's the thorn? If it isn't, then we could only presume that we now have another equally skilled and audacious thief picking the pockets of my peers. And I think that's presuming a bit much, even for a city crammed as full of ghosts as this one. Mightn't it be the Grey King? He's the right sort of slippery, by all reports. Hmm, no. The Grey King's been murdering Barsavi's men. The Thorn's mode of operation is plain trickery. Not a drop of real blood shed yet, as near as I can tell. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Reynard set aside his empty cake plate and took a sip from his glass of wine. So, if we can trust Doña Salvara's story, we're looking at a gang of at least four men. The Thorn himself, let's call him Lucas Fairwhite for the sake of argument, his servant Grauman, and the two men who broke into the Salvara estate. That's a beginning, Stephen, but I'd say the gang is more probably five or six. How do you figure? I believe the false Midnighter was telling the truth when he told Don Salvara that the attack near the Temple of Fortunate Waters was staged. It would have to be for a scheme this complex. So we have two more accomplices, the masked attackers. Assuming they weren't just hard for the task. I doubt it. Consider the total paucity of information we've had previous to this. Not one report, one boast, one slender whisper from anyone, anywhere. Not a speck of information pointing to anyone who even claimed to work with the Thorn of Camor. Yet on any given day, thieves will boast loudly for hours about who among them can piss the farthest. This silence is unnatural. Well, said Reynard, if you just slit a hireling's throat when he's done his job, you don't have to pay him either. But we're still dealing with the thorn, and I hold that such an act would be outside his pattern of operations. So his gang runs a closed shop. That would make sense. But it still might not be six. The two in the alley could also be the two who entered the estate dressed as midnighters. Oh, my dear Stephen, an interesting conjecture. Let us say four minimum, six maximum is our first guess, or we'll be here all night drawing diagrams for one another. I suspect anything larger would be difficult to hide as well as they have. So be it, then, Reynard thought for a moment. I can give you fifteen or sixteen swords right this very hour. Some of my lads are mumming it up tonight down in the snare on the cauldron, since we got those reports of Nazca Barsavi's funeral. I can't pull them on short notice, but give me until the dark of the morning and I can have everyone else kitted up and ready for a scrap. We've got the night glass to back us. No need to even bring the yellow jackets in on it. We know they're probably compromised anyway. That would be well, Stephen, if I wanted them snatched up right now, but I don't. I think we have a few days, at least, 
to draw the web tight around this man. Sophia said they discussed an initial outlay of about 25,000 crowns. I suspect the Thorn will wait around to collect the other seven or eight he's due. At least let me hold a squad ready, then. I'll keep them at the Palace of Patience, tuck them in amongst the Yellow Jackets. They can be ready to dash off with five minutes' notice. Very prudent. Do so. Now, as for how we move on the Thorn himself, send someone down to Maraggio's tomorrow, the subtlest you have. See if Fairwhite holds an account there, and when it was begun. Calviro. I'll send Maralisa Calviro. An excellent choice. As far as I'm concerned, anyone else this fair white has introduced the Salvaras to is suspect. Have her check up on the law scribe she said her husband met just after the staged attack behind the temple. Ekari, wasn't it? Evante Ekari. Yes, and then I want you to check out the Temple of Fortunate Waters. Me? Milady, you of all people know I don't keep the faith. I just inherited the looks. But you can fake the faith. And it's the looks I need. They'll keep you from being too suspicious. Case the place. Look for anyone out of sorts. Look for gangs or goings-on. It's remotely possible someone at the temple was in on the staged attack. Even if that's not so, we need to eliminate it as a possibility. It's as good as done, then. And what about the inn? The tumble home, yes. Send one person and one person only. I have a pair of old informants on the staff. One of them thinks he's reporting to the Yellow Jackets, and one thinks she's working for the copper. I'll pass the names along. For now, I just want to find out if they're still there at the Bowsprit Suite. If they are, you can place a few of your men there dressed as staff. Observation only for the time being. Very well. Reynard rose from his chair and brushed crumbs from his breeches. And the noose? Assuming you get your wish, where and when would you like to draw it tight? Going after the thorn has always been like trying to grab fish with bare hands, she replied. I'll want him sewn up somewhere, some place where escape will be impossible, cut off from his friends, and entirely surrounded by ours. By ours? How? Oh, Raven's Reach! Yes, very good, Stephen. The day of changes, just a week and a half from now. The Duke's midsummer feast. Five hundred feet in the air, surrounded by the peers of Camor and a hundred guards. I'll instruct Donia Sophia to invite this Lucas Fairwhite to dine with the Duke as a guest of the Salvaras. Assuming he doesn't suspect a trap. I think it's just the sort of gesture he'd appreciate. I think our mysterious friend's audacity is going to be what finally arranges our direct introduction. I shall have Sophia feign financial distress. She can tell Fairwhite that the last few thousand crowns won't be forthcoming until after the festival. A double-baited hook.
his greed hand in hand with his vanity. I dare say he'll relish the temptation. Shall I pull everyone in for it? Of course. Doña Vorchenza sipped her wine and smiled slowly. I want a midnighter to take his coat. I want midnighters serving him before the meal. If he uses a chamber pot, I want a midnighter to close it for him afterward. We'll take him atop Raven's Reach. Then we'll watch the ground to see who runs and where they run to. Anything else? No. Get to it, Stephen. Come back and let me have your report in a few hours. I'll still be up. I'm expecting messages from the floating grave once Barsavi's funeral procession gets back. In the meantime, I'll send old Nicovante a note about what we suspect. Your servant, milady. Reynard bowed briefly and then departed the solarium, his strides long and rapid. Before the heavy door had even slammed shut, Doña Vorchenza was up and moving toward a small scrivener's desk tucked into an alcove to the left of the door. There she withdrew a half-sheet of parchment, scribbled a few hasty lines, folded it, and closed the fold with a small dollop of blue wax from a paper tube. The stuff was alchemical, hardening after a few moments of exposure to air. She preferred to allow no sources of open flame into this room, with its many decades of carefully collected and indexed records. Within the desk was a signet ring that Doña Vorchenza never wore outside her solarium. On that ring was a sigil that appeared nowhere on the crest of the Vorchenza family. She pressed the ring into the stiffening blue wax and then withdrew it with a slight popping noise. When she passed it down the dumbwaiter, one of her night attendants would immediately run to the northeastern cage platform of her tower and have himself cranked over to Raven's Reach via cable car. There he would place the message directly into the old duke's hands, even if Nicovante had retired to his bedchamber. Such was the custom with every note that was sealed in blue with nothing but the stylized sigil of a spider for its credentials. <laughs>